to Rick for Dirt, a podcast recorded as the adventure happens. I'm Frank. And I am a broken Jeep. <laughs> We're going to set the just set the tone early. <laughs> Let that soak in a little bit. Um, I'm Ollie. And we are um, in Arizona. We're yeah. actually out. We're at Williams. We're in Williams. Arizona at Dogtown Lake yep. Campground. Yeah. <clears throat> Sitting in the middle of the group site. Beautiful you, day. You, you, yeah. It's a beautiful day. Absolutely gorgeous day. We're, I mean, first few days were like just absolute like torrential downpours at like you almost guaranteed at like 2.30 to have like massive amount of rain yeah. come down. And uh, yesterday was beautiful and today is once again beautiful and uh, couldn't have asked for a better kind of uh, situation. Yeah. It's been... Yeah, I, I can't say enough. I'm just I'm happy that we're that we're not cold and it's not dark <laughs> when we're recording the episode. Mm-hmm. That's always that's it's always actually good. the perfect time of day. We have our drinks, like yeah. we're just chilling. We're, we're just sitting chilling. on top of some Rome coolers as yep. our as our workstation. Yeah, we built this kind of like uh, temporary office out here. Yeah. <laughs> we have three coolers. One's holding all the gear on top of it, and and then we have each have our own cooler chair. Right. <laughs> My, you know what? Nice. You should probably put a seat butt mold into this so you could use them as chairs there you go <laughs> nick if you're gonna listen you heard nick, that <laughs> right behind the ruler that you have molded on here on top you can put a seat butt imprint for comfort frank wants a 10 percent royalty on <laughs> so should we rewind it uh to before we got here I like don't even know where to start um uh, well i mean i can start with uh two weeks ago uh, when we got back from my trip or we can go all we can go all the way back <sighs> i mean um, yeah let's why don't you uh why don't you, you take us in? And then right. we can uh, get back. We could make our way all the way to, to Williams. Go for it. Um, so I did a two-week a two week trip uh, with my wife, Shannon. Uh, we did 4,000 miles on that trip. Yeah. yeah. You guys, you do, you do that yearly, don't you? I buy yearly. Buy yearly. Yeah, yeah, I think a yearly. We try to, but it doesn't always work out, and then COVID kind of threw a wrench and everything. And so you mentioned Shannon's family does live out there. Is that the reason? The yeah. The reason why? Yeah, so what ends up happening? Well, yeah, because they're in, they're in Nebraska. Because you guys um, could fly if you wanted totally. to. Totally. Yeah, totally. But Shannon, this is like why we're, I guess, married, right? We're perfect, <laughs> perfect that way. Uh, she loves road trips and she's, she loves them as much as I do. And so she has no problem sitting in the car for 12 hours and then visiting really cool spots along the way. Right. And so she's, as you know, she's a super like legit planner. Yeah. And so she straight up had a spreadsheet with the itinerary of this whole trip. That's awesome. From beginning to end. She had like planned it out. Oh, totally. She had like <laughs> national parks, monuments, state parks, really cool stuff that we could see. And then she put, um, <laughs> this is like a bit of a geek out moment, right? She put the times of what it would take us to get there. So time, travel time, sure. time spent there just to make sure that we could spend a day oh there. Oh my like, that we God. And then she kept the spreadsheet on her phone okay. so that if we were late or early, she could adjust the time on that stop right. and it would cascade down to the rest. <laughs> Jesus Christ. She had a whole like, she had like Gantt like chart. Formulas. She yeah, had a yeah, Gantt like, chart yeah. for your trip. <laughs> it was so, so some of you are super anal about your planning. I'm sure you will love this. You can, it's me. I'm not, I'm more kind of like fast and loose. Yeah. Um, same with the, with the trap. What happens happens in my book. Um, but she's a planner. And so we ended up um, going up the up I 15, um, out of SoCal okay, into Nevada, up through, uh, went to Zion and some other parks up in the area. Um, and then we went up all the way up to Idaho and we saw some really cool stuff in Idaho. It's beautiful. Uh, in yeah, Idaho, it's, yeah. It's, it's, we stayed in Pocatello, okay. um, Idaho, 
and it's just i mean it is gorgeous idaho like especially southeast idaho like i get that some of it's like oregon when you get northwest but southeast idaho to me is just gorgeous i love uh like plains and rolling hills and mountains in the distance like i love that scenery and so um, it was just stunning up there, like man. The I want to go America. back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the one thing that I really appreciate about these trips and why I love doing them personally is because you, one, when you cover 4,000 miles and it's less than half the country, as far as like you just, you do a loop on basically the Western half of the country, mm-hmm. even that alone, it really gives you an appreciation for how friggin' tiny you are. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, how tiny your corner of the world is, right. like wherever you live, right? You're like, I mean, there's just, you see, farms and homes on hillsides and these are people living their lives out there you know it's like man never never will you guys cross never will you guys like you know otherwise know of each other Mm. and there's existences are completely separate and disparate you know like it's and it's cool to see that interact with that because it gives you real perspective right like especially in a time when you feel so separated Right mm. from other people, and like you keep hearing about, especially us that live. I, we live in a major city, right? In a, in a well, we live in fucking California. So yeah, we live in California, California but we also live in a very population dense area, right? And so mm-hmm. you always hear about like these rural areas and how they have a different mindset and a different mentality, which they right. totally do, right? It's a different, it's a different culture. Well, for them, it's like whatever. COVID, right. COVID, they're, they're not like saying COVID's not real, but right. they're like, fuck it, it's not gonna change how we live our lives. Sure, right? They, yeah. And so, it, and with everything, right? It's just, it's just a different, every region has its different perspectives, right? right? And different lifestyles. And so, when you pass through there and you drive through it, like, you really start to get an appreciation and an understanding of it, right? And you and you, you become less critical and more understanding. And so, we drove through, like, Lava, this place called, I think it's called Lava Hot Springs. It's okay. a town in Idaho going into Wyoming. So cool little town. It's got a river. I think it's the Snake River. No. Yeah, Snake River that rolls through there. You can do um, all day. You can do tubing down this okay. river. It's fed by hot springs. That's cool. And you so can it's nice tube, and warm. Nice and warm. You, they, you can do tubing on it, and then they'll just pick you up and bring you back. And you can just keep doing that okay. all day long if you want to. Grab your beers, put them on the float, and just have fun. <laughs> and then they have like an actual hot spring pools, and the pools have their temperatures on them. So some pools are like 110, some are 130, 115. So you can just like bounce between these different minerals. These are all pools. natural. Yeah, all natural. It's a it's a really cool town. Tons of mountain biking, tons of off roading. Like, I told Shannon, I go, we need to go back. We we need to. And this is the cool thing. Like, we drive through and we'll scout places like that. And I feel like that's a cool spot to go back to. And just you can take kids, you can have fun, camp out for three days, do some wheeling, do some mountain biking, soak at night, and and like recover, and get some good food. Rad. You know. And then so then we went from there. We kept on going. Went into Yellowstone. And I mean, I could go on for hours on Yellowstone, so I won't. But uh, Yellowstone. It's my first time. What was like the highlights? You know, maybe. Oh, the highlights of Yellowstone. Um, well, for one, we stayed at the Old Faithful Inn. Wait, so is, you know what? How about the people who've never been to Yellowstone? Why don't you just set it up? Like, all right. So Yellowstone. Yellowstone is the oldest um, national park in the country. It was the first, um, and it's probably I think one of the biggest, if not the biggest. Um, it's incredibly diverse. You'll see bison, elk, deer, bear. Uh, pretty much, you know, raptors of all types, bald eagles and ospreys and kestrels and, you know, everything. Um, it's, it is like mind-blowingly beautiful and mind-blowingly diverse. Um, and so you could easily spend a week in there. So plan for time. Um, we stayed at the old, it's also where you find like the old faithful geysers. It sits on, so the whole park sits basically on a caldera. 
right, on lava. Okay. So you have all this, like, geothermal activity throughout the park. And so you'll be driving through the park, and you'll just see steam coming out between pine trees. And it's just, there's just a pool there. That's oh, just, it just happens, to, just be happens to be there. Yeah. Oh. If you're, if you're, if you look, you just start seeing it. And then of course there's like the big, all the big geysers that are in the center of the park, sure. right? Where old faithful is and the geo prismatic, uh, the prismatic pool and all those other ones, all the famous ones. And so, um, we stay at the old faithful Inn, um, which is also one of the oldest, um, wooden, uh, oldest and largest wooden hotel structures, I think in the country. And it's all wood, big log. I mean, logs that are just gigantic. And um, it's it was built in like 1930 something I think 1920 something, and um, it's thing thing stunningly gorgeous. It's, it's a time capsule. That's right. Stunningly gorgeous, to like a time that's just like m- more simple, right? When people just kind of like took their time and, and and took things in, right? And spent maybe more introspective. Um, and then we just did a tour of the geysers and you know Yellowstone River and Artist Point. That's cool. All the all the usual stops that you want to do. Um, wait, you know, wait at wait at one of the streets for bison to cross. That's so cool, <laughs> right? Big giant, giant beast the size of like a a stand full size truck. Like, I mean, they weigh like three thousand pounds. They're fucking, they're insanely yeah. huge. It's ridiculous how big these things are, and they're right there. Like, they literally like the, it's we saw them like three times, and the first day we were so bummed because we saw nothing. Right, we were like, what? A, this thing's gonna be a bust. Like, we're, we're driving through Yellowstone. There's supposed to be all this wildlife, and we we've seen nothing. And the second day, we're driving out the east end to go to, to, go to uh, South Dakota, and we see everything. We see deer, buffalo, elk, like you name it. So everything. It was so cool. I was like losing my mind. Like my head was on a swivel. My can- Shannon had to drive because I kept on stopping the truck and jumping out to take pictures. So finally, she just took the driver's wheel and it's like, I'm going to drive. You can take pictures. <laughs> <laughs> we're never going to get to South Dakota. Please focus, damn it. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Um, so then, yeah, we went to the park. Um we went out the east entrance and into South Dakota, and um, South Dakota I've never been to. Right, stunningly beautiful too. I thought it was more plains, kind of boring nothingness. I was so so wrong. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, we went to we ended up staying the night in Deadwood, um, which was really fun. Um, I'll I'll give you a heads up. Main Street is a total tourist trap. Yeah, like Main Street is nothing but kitschy touristy stuff. Uh, but if you go off Main Street, there's a lot of really cool historical sites if you're into that. Um, it's a really cool town. Richard. Really enjoyed it. Uh, and then the next day we went to Rushmore, Black Hills, um, did all that stuff. That's South Dakota, right? South Dakota, yeah. yeah. We did the Wind Caves, uh, Crazy Horse. We saw that, the building of the Crazy Horse Monument. Went to go visit that. Um, really cool. They were actually doing uh, construction on it while we were there, so you could see, you could hear them uh, drilling and blasting. And the blasting, I guess, is very limited. Like They do these really small charges, and they're predicted to finish it in 30 years. Oh wow! And they've already been working on it for thirty what years. What are they building? They're building a monument to Crazy Horse, so it's a it's a oh. it's a sculpture like like Rushmore. Oh, similar to Rushmore. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So he's on a horse. They said it's going to take how long? Thirty years. Jeez, thirty more years. It's already taken thirty so far. That's yeah. That's pretty amazing. And and the main reason is the artist that made it already he's already died. Wow. Yeah. So the main reason is they say because um, they have to go slowly because. Basically, this is the only rock big enough in South Dakota for them to use. They, they can't fuck it up. They can't fuck it up. If they <laughs> if they blow a chunk that, that they lose the horse's ear, you can't glue it back on, man. It's freaking gone. That's hilarious. You know, so they're like, we're they're they're doing like hand drilling on some cases, uh-huh. like it's just to be like just to super be methodical. Careful. Yeah, exactly. So, so we did that. That was really fun. We left the crazy horse and we are on our way now to another park that we just randomly found. Wasn't even in on South the, Dakota yeah, still. 
Yeah, like, wasn't even on the itinerary, which, which obviously you can already imagine drove Shannon a little nuts. Oh, really? He's like, this is not part of the agenda. <laughs> but she, we were Screwed talking. my calculations. Right. We were talking, and she told me that, hey, have you ever been to the Wind Caves? Which was her mistake. I completely blame her for this deviation into the plan because she she should know better. Than to, like, challenge you with a good time. Exactly. And she's like, and I said, no, what's the wind cave? I go, please don't tell me it's one of those gigantic cavernous caves that is, like, walking into uh, the Staples Center but underground. Right. And she's like, that's exactly what it is. And I was like, well, then we're going. I'm like, that's ridiculous. How, how are we not going to do that? It. I go, how far is it? She's like, it's only, like, an hour away. And it's, and, and it's only, like, maybe 20 minutes out of our way. And I was like... Okay. Well, then, yeah. <laughs> so we start driving down there, and um, guess what happened? What happened? I didn't see it. What do you mean you didn't see it? it? We got there, and you have to go on a tour to go in, Oh. and they're sold out. That blows. Right? So how far out of your way was it? <laughs> I was only like 20 minutes out of our way, 30 okay. minutes out of our way. And we saw some really cool, like, it was, it was also like another national park, so we saw like some other cool kind of terrain and landscape and stuff, so it was still beautiful, but... Man, I was bummed. I, so we're definitely going back to That's the wind caves. Yeah, yeah, dude. South Dakota is pretty, uh, pretty interesting. I, I was working for the Torque uh, Racing Series, which is uh, Pro Two, Pro Four. Like they're kind of like trophy trucks, but they race short oh, no course. Shit. I mean, you got like 900 horsepower. Like stadium trucks kind of thing? Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the Lucas Oil trucks, but they're on a short dirt course, um, taking jumps, like almost kind of like motocross-ish. Like it's it's pretty bitching. That sounds awesome. And so I was doing doing a lot of design and photography. No shit. Yeah, for uh, Torque. And part of the race series took us to uh, South Dakota. Look at that, man. Three years in, still peeling back layers. Yeah. (laughs) Went to to South Dakota, and uh, our event was alongside Sturgis oh wow yeah so it's like one of those things you always hear about it yeah it always sounds like something so cool to see yeah and here I was in the middle of like going through uh uh, Black Hills and seeing all that was it a bit of a culture shock oh I mean it's you definitely know is a show man you definitely know what the tribe is there yeah like (laughs) you know and uh my only saving grace is my my rental car was like a a Dodge Charger, so at least it was American. You American know? made, yeah. <laughs> felt, felt, like to, felt like an okay vehicle to drive around, not like a minivan. Yeah. But uh, but so we had had our event, and it was like right there, like smack dab in the middle. And I, I even like at one point uh, told BJ, who's the owner of uh, the event company, the Armory Agency, which was owned Torque yeah. at the time. I said, uh, dude, we should set up, uh, we should set up bikes like all along the edge of the track, and like let the guys with the bikes come in and. Sure enough, he's like, let's do it. And so we had fucking rows upon rows of bikes Whoa. just like watching. Um, but the best part and the thing that stood out for me the most was um, taking off in the car at night after the event. Like it was like it was like after qualifying, I think it was or whatever or test day or whatever. And I'm like, well, I've got like multiple hours. I'm not really here with like anyone and yeah, might as well go a uh, free time. Go venture, so I, I made my way to Rushmore, and you know, there's it's hard to explain kind of like how ins- awe inspiring it is to see that site, you know, yeah. and especially like as you walk, as you walk up the right. main path, and the, you have these flags flanking that kind of mall yeah. they have you walk yep. up, yeah, and you walk up, and then and then you kind of get into that like amphitheater area, yeah. And, then you see like and i went at night so oh so you got to see it the lights and then they had a they had the ceremony yeah and then they had a ceremony oh, with the man. sturgis uh the keepers of the flame or yeah i, I forget what it was called the they do uh they do a ceremony every night uh for veterans 
that, yeah. are, that are there. So it, it's supposed to be really cool. Uh, that we were originally trying to make it for that, but we just timing didn't work out, and we had to end up going there in the morning. Mm. But but yeah, man, I'm jealous that you got yeah. to see that. I wanted, I really wanted to see that. There was like, a, there was a specific ceremony like as part of Sturgis. Oh, okay, yeah, something special. And yeah. like it's like these, it's like this flame that never turns off, mm-hmm. and they ride it around the, the country. Oh no, kidding! And then they end up at Sturgis, and you know, uh, like my memory doesn't serve me perfect, but it was it was definitely a, an emotional. Yeah. Um, emotionally uh, moving experience like, yeah there. so it was, i definitely it was really felt cool. that vibe a lot on this trip because we stopped at a lot of historic sites and a lot of sites of like national significance mm-hmm. and yeah i mean you kind of it kind of gives you that perspective right and an appreciation yeah for everything and everyone that came before you yeah and you know that that laid that foundation and built that path it's it's pretty impressive when you really kind of start to think about it and just kind of mill on it a little bit um yeah, it's South Dakota. I I've, I underestimated South Dakota by a long shot. It was it was a really cool state, really cool state. Yeah. And yeah, um, where was I? <laughs> uh, so we went South Dakota. The wind, the wind, uh, the wind caves. caves. There was a bust. Yeah. Um. So we're heading out, and we're heading to Nebraska now. So we're just driving through South Dakota. Basically, we're just driving through farmland, um, miles upon miles of, mi- of of like farmland and everything from grazing to crops you name it um when we get in nebraska we i kept bugging shannon the whole trip because she had teased me early on the planning that there's like a that we were going to see uh the oregon trail and she's like if we have time we can like check out sections of the oregon trail and so i guess there's one in nebraska uh-huh. and so when we crossed into nebraska i was like hey so where's the oregon trail and she's like oh it's up here somewhere i don't know if we have time i go we have time yeah like let's where is it and so, like, so I was great. like, you I can was go like, see all these like iconic, like, yeah, right, yeah. like things that you hear about, and, uh, and of course you know because we're the same generation. Like Oregon Trail, like the game, yeah, and just that the history of the Oregon Trail is so ingrained in us as children because of the game and because of you know growing up in American elementary schools, uh-huh. like that there was a, there was a little nostalgia, and I was like a little bit of a pestering kid, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like saying, "Chan, we gotta find this place." And so she found it. I think it was called Ash Hollow State Park, okay, um, in Nebraska. And we drove there, and the entire drive, we were getting kind of like, had these like summer rains in the in the afternoon, kind of like here in yeah. Williams, they get these monsoons. And so we got there, and it was just literally like kind of nondescript, almost like a like a not a letdown, but underwhelming. Yeah. It was a parking lot, and I'm like, this can't be it. And there was a little walkway. We went up the walkway, and there was signs every, like, 50 yards. And I was like, this really can't be it. Where is the trail? Right. And so we ended up, I said, fuck it. We're going to walk this whole walkway. And we did. It ended up being, like, almost a mile up yeah. And it was steep. I mean, steep as shit. Nice. Like, it was, like, surprisingly steep given that the old older people that normally visit these kind of places, I was like, this is surprisingly steep, yeah. even for me. And so we ended up going up to the very top. Now it's, like, almost pissing rain. It's already starting mm-hmm. to rain. It's, it's getting, the wind's picking up. And then I turn around, and you can see... On the on the valley across along the uh, the valley floor, you can perfectly see the tracks of the wagons. No like, shit. Yeah, kept kept. You can Not, perfectly oh, see really? it. Really? Yeah. I mean, like, like stupid. And that's what it said in the science. It says they're preserved, and I was like, where? How how is it preserved? Like you'd think erosion. You would think rain. They're just ruts. I mean, they're so deep. Like, Are they're they just, yeah. Wow. And they're just there. Like nothing really grows in them because like the dirt is so compressed. 
and you can see them. And then so what they were do what they would do is they would come down this valley and they would bank hard right and start going west because this valley kind of runs um, mm-hmm. a little bit north south in a diagonal. Sure. And so they would go up these hills, and this sign said there was a really treacherous climb that was notable because it had these hills and you had and they had to go over it no matter what. And so. Um, imagine pull and they're and they're pulling this with like oxen and wagons, right? Their whole right. life is on this thing. So and they're doing like what, like ha- like two miles an hour or most, right? <laughs> oh my god, could you right? imagine? And then I found out from Shannon because I didn't know this. I always thought, well, they're in there riding in the wagon. She said, no, most people walked the alongside. Entire, we, the wagon was for their gear. The wagon was for their gear, and they would not ride it to not stress the animals. Right. That's another like 100, 150, 200 yeah. pounds. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, can you imagine walking from the eastern part of the country? To freaking Oregon, like it would take years. Yeah. To like literally, it took them years, and so that and so then it, it clicked That's in so my crazy. mind. It clicked in my mind why there's these little towns along the way. I mean, not just for resupplies, right? You'd have to resupply. But just people quit. Saying, people saying like, "Fuck, fuck it. it, this You're is good nice. enough." Yeah, it's good enough. This is a beautiful totally plot of land. That's exactly what I said. I go, I go. Can you imagine being like a traveler? You've probably you maybe have lost a loved one already. You've probably right. lost money, um, animals, and what was it? Dysentery. Dysentery. Yeah. Well, I, I'm trying to remember the game. Yeah, dysentery, cholera. Cholera. Uh, yeah, and then there was um, you would lose an oxen or a, break a wagon wheel or an axle, right. <laughs> or somebody or one of your kids gets washed away in a stream. <laughs> that was like the iconic game. That game up. was so morbid, though. When you think well, about like, it, like, yeah, it was like so... we all played it as like totally. school children. Totally. But it was such a morbid game for like a for a kid to be playing. Like, <laughs> hey, real quick, uh, and this is funny because it'll it'll tie into like yeah. where we are and what we're doing. Did you want to go shoot machine guns today? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think I can set it up to where you guys can go like around twelve thirty. Okay. And then come back and have lunch. Okay. So for those of you like we are here, like like we said, we're at Williams, and the event that that I'm hosting here is called uh, Camp Dogtown. And we'll get to it in a little bit, but uh, yeah. I just got a text, and so I can still get something together for you guys. Um, but I gotta go, gotta go talk to a couple of people. Shit, it's hard, it's so hard right now. Like yeah, trying yeah. to be in multiple different places. All right, let's hit the pause button. All right, so yeah, playing Oregon Trail as a kid was definitely kind of a morbid game, but it was fun at the same time. I think we're just too young there to understand to really kind of grasp. Oh, at the time, yeah. I just thought it was fun to hunt animals in that game. You could hunt. Wait, you could hunt animals. Oh yeah, you had to. You had to hunt. Why don't I remember that? You had to hunt like deer and bear, and you had to stockpile your meat. Oh yeah. Or else you'd like starve to death. It was like the first survival game. That's right. Yeah. It was wow, really, it I was totally really forgot cool. about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so on this trail, you could see the wagon wheels, and you could see them kind of going up the hill. Mm-hmm. And so I read this story about how treacherous that hill was. Oh really? Uh, because it was steep, and it was sh- it was short, but it was. There's steep. no four low. No, and so, if, so the, and and you got to remember too People the conditions. Pushing. The conditions that they're going in are not ideal, right? Not always. It could be winter. It could be raining. It could be mm-hmm. muddy and slippery and sloppy and uh, and and I started thinking the parallel to what we do, right? Right? Because I was like, I saw like there would be like one well, route here, another route there, another route like another another two hundred yards off to the right. Sure. And I was like, why are there so many routes up okay. this hill? Like, because they're all trying to get around like the shitty spots. Yeah, and I go depending on how much people drove it could be super rutted out uh-huh. and they're trying to and they're going up a different it's the same thing that we do right same thing that we see when we go out traveling and you yeah. see these different ways that all go to the same place mm-hmm. because what if there's like what if someone did snap an axle on the hill yep and or people have to wheel? get around yeah you got to yeah. get around right and so i bet you that happens so often totally yeah. and so i was like wow it's so cool to see it though you see like the the imprint of history like right there and 
and the, and I can only imagine like the tens of thousands of wagons like making their way through that valley, like literally just trains yeah. of people. Yeah. And yeah, it was pretty nuts, man. Like to get up the top of the hill, it definitely paid off. It was a long hike, and it paid off because you could just see everything. You could see all the trails perfectly. I took some pictures. I did a video on Instagram so you could see them if you haven't. But that's what I love most about these road trips is just finding this really cool random shit that you, yeah. that you just would never see otherwise. And then we started walking back, pissing rain. For some reason, whoever designed this path made it the slipperiest <laughs> concrete ever yeah. when it rains. So Shannon wiped not, out. Not regulation. Yeah, Shannon wiped out oh. on the way down. Um, I didn't actually know because she started going back down before I did. And so I was looking for her. I'm like, where'd she go? Because it kind of it, it kind of does this kind of like up and down, so people do disappear. Okay. And so I was like, oh, she's probably on one of these down segments. Yeah. And I and then I, I'm like Shannon, I'm like yelling. There's no one out there. I'm yelling, Shannon, where are you? And then I see her pop up. I'm right here. And I was like, oh, I thought she was missing. The reason she was missing is because she was on the ground. Oh, geez. poor thing. <laughs> so she had she skinned her knee, and I was like, look at you, looking like an eight year old with a skinned knee. <laughs> it was pretty funny. And oh, and one other thing, I was. Um, really confused about the tracks because it was in this valley and then it would just stop now is there a gully is there a trail that goes there like are you off-roading no no it's a highway now we're definitely on like on like state highways and small like country roads and stuff like that going weaving through the states Mm -hmm. um this is basically a road trip this whole time like i hit a couple of dirt roads just for fun but it was basically a road trip so there was no really like off-roading no okay Mm -mm. got it um, this was just meant because we also wanted to hit as much as possible before we got to her parents' house. So, um, we were just putting in miles and checking and checking off spots. And so, um, but there was this cool spot where the trails, the tracks just stopped. And I, I was like asking Shannon, I was thinking in my head, like, that's weird. All this is perfectly preserved and they just stop right right here. And it turns out the, the gully that we passed over the bridge on this footpath, that wasn't, that didn't used to be a gully. Okay. That was the path into the valley for the wagons. Oh wow! And they 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 dug it so deep from from the traffic uh-huh. that it became a stream. Oh wow! It became just a gully and a little stream that feeds the the water below. So it's you can't see it anymore because it's now it is now a stream. So <laughs> how about that? Yeah, pretty cool to see. Um, and then we kept on going, made our way to Nebraska. I went to my first rodeo. Oh yeah, I saw that. Like, dude, that was mind blowing. Mind blowing. What is it like being somebody who's never been to a rodeo? And what are well, you experiencing? What's it like going to a rodeo wearing wearing Vans, <laughs> a Vans hat, a t an off the grid t shirt, and a jeans? Well, the jeans are fine because no one knows, right? They're just jeans. But like, yeah, I was I definitely stood out. Like I was not like boy, you ain't <laughs> from around here. Are <laughs> yeah, you? look at that city boy. <laughs> Where was this at? It was in Lincoln, Nebraska. In Nebraska. It was the it was the national high school rodeo championships. Oh wow. Yeah. So the younger kids. Younger like, kids. Down. But the best in the in the country, and they had kids from Canada and Mexico. No shit. Dude, these kids, I thought they were they were like adults. Straight up little oh, cowboys, dude. huh? Like they're like all cheering and rock stars, dude. Like they were I mean, they're bull riding. They're all spitting. Like, yeah. Like these kids, I was just like, man, I can't hold a candle to these kids. It's amazing. It is absolutely tough as nails, tough as nails dude. And but everyone's super humble and yeah. super kind. Like what one of the things that was like just utterly like pulling at your heartstrings for me, like I just stopped and looked around. Like I was just like, wow. They, they did this twice one for the canadian a canadian girl and one for a uh, a kid from mexico and he came out one well, the kid from mexico was riding um was bull, bull riding okay and so he came out and he was they were setting him up in the gate 
and um, the guy and the announcers were really funny. They were really good. The announcer yeah. was like, hey, we got this kid from Mexico. His name is such and such. And, you know, we've been following his career for a long time. And, you know, he's a great kid. And let's just show him how, how much support is for him right here, even though he's not at home, that we right here support him. And the stands went fucking nuts. Right. He's like, this Mexican kid is going to crush it. Just you watch and see. This Mexican kid. Yeah. And he's like. He goes, let's just show this kid from Mexico what we're all about. And so, dude, the the stands went bananas for him. And they That's did the right. same thing for a girl from Canada. And I was like, this is awesome. Like, they support. It's ev- the side that the news doesn't even show you, really. Right? Like, it, they always want to show you this horrible picture of just this of, galvanized like, nation. Of, like, at the, at, the, at the line, at, at the like, border. Like, no border, no wall or right, whatever. Or, and, yeah, all the sound bites. Or we want a wall and, you know, we yeah, want the border. Yeah, it's just like. But a, then you've got, you know, a community that's totally like open and, and welcoming and, and welcoming and embrace like even even us as total outsiders we yeah. went in there people were talking to us <laughs> people were nice to us y'all we were here y'all were pretty yeah. close and, uh, yeah and like you know I, I i almost i almost got to the point because it's so contentious right now i feel like and maybe it's just me internalizing it uh-huh. but like i almost got to the point where at at one of the conversations i didn't want to say i was from california <laughs> but but I said, yeah, we're from you know we're from California. And they were like, that's... Californian. and they were like, but did nothing, nothing. It was great. They yeah. were like, oh, that's so cool. I'm so glad that you guys came out here yeah. to see this. Like they were just stoked. Oh, trust me, they have their opinions on. No, the I'm sure they do. Yeah. If we got into it about yeah. about politics, you know, politics and, all that. and whatnot, but the vid. at the end of the day, when it came person to person, ex- removing all that mm-hmm. and just people, like they were just stoked that someone new was enjoying what they love so when you went went out to these other states these states that are far removed from california more in the yeah. center covid wasn't even a big deal was it um in some it was in idaho uh people were and no, sorry not but that's idaho, still on the west coast in right? south dakota sorry in south dakota people were still wearing masks okay um but they were doing the same thing that i saw in um in wyoming and other parts of the in, in nebraska too uh where they were they were they were wearing masks if they were tightly packed Okay. Like if you were in like a tight situation, uh, you were wearing masks. And but but no one. With one thing I didn't see, I didn't see anyone question it. Right. They were like, okay, we get it. We're indoors and we're tight masks. But like for the rodeo, mm-hmm. all outdoors. I don't know. There was like nobody, thousands of people. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. Yeah. Right. And so that seems to be the consensus. Like when I got to the, you know, it's like if you're outdoors and there's good, obviously airflow and all that whatnot. Right. Nobody's. Everyone's fine. Right. I mean, we talked about it briefly about whether or not it's like a political thing or whatever. At oh, this yeah, point. this morning. But, yeah. You know, it's hard to say what it is. All yeah. I know is that, you know, I think society has to get to a point where it's like, we're just going to have to expect these things to happen. Yeah. And life can't shut down and we need to find better ways of just dealing with these waves as they come. Yeah. The hard, the hard part for me is that when we find a way to deal with these things as they come, then people don't want to do it or they don't believe it's efficacy, right? Mm. Like the vaccine, right? A vaccine was developed in record time using new technology that, that worked and works, right? That's, I don't think, I don't, I don't think there's an opinion on it not working. It definitely works. Sure. There's definitely an opinion on how long it works. Sure. Right. I think we're still figuring that out. And that's, there's also an opinion on the people who've been exposed and naturally built T cells and all that and how, it's actually lasting longer than they expected. Correct. And there's definitely like a, and, and I think the, the important thing to note, and this is like what gets me right, is is that people are like to think of science as this like hard and fast full stop fact. Mm-hmm. And the, the fact of the matter is, is that science is never, is never a finite decision. Science is always evolving. 
right? And which means that which means that positions and opinions do change right. because as you get more, more facts, information, yeah, as you yeah. get more information, it's all based on information, yeah, empirical it's, it's, data. Exactly. Yeah. As you as you get more empirical data and you and you pit it against what you already know, mm-hmm. you can start to begin new build new theories and hypothesize, right? And so it's that I think is the critical part, right? I 100% agree with you. This is not going to be the last thing that's going to hit our no. our our. our that's what we were talking about. Yeah. Like this is not like you've had the Spanish flu, you've had the plague, you've had the plague. Like you've had right? so many nasty things come, smallpox. Like yeah. you've had so many nasty things come and go. Yeah, and humans humans are lucky in the sense that we haven't lived in a period where we've had a major die death event this is as close as we've come as, so far. yeah yeah viruses, but technology's been so advanced that we've actually been able to curb we've been what it could have been totally we've survived nature we've survived all kinds of stuff right hurricanes tsunamis tornadoes we're the virus that won't give up right exactly if anyone's if anyone's the, the cockroach the human cockroach is us right and so um the one the one like achilles heel or the one flaw is, as human beings that the weakness that we have is is viruses right is, is disease right and so you know like you said, we have a history of it. We know it's coming. We know it's going to happen again. The the difference is is when we do find a solution as human beings, even if it's a temporary solution, because I think you and I had this conversation, right? How you were talking about uh, that there's potentially development of a vaccine that is longer lasting in a more traditional sense, right? right? More using, of like a, more of a antibody style, right? Exactly, yeah. not using the RNA, right? And so the and so that's I look at that kind of solution as a long term solution, right? But that doesn't invalidate a short term solution, right? When you have a global emergency and you gotta, and you need to get people to survive short term, this makes sense yeah. while we develop a long term one, right? That's more that, that that is more traditional. Like that makes total sense to me. And I think as human beings, we need to not cut ourselves short when we do find solutions for ourselves. I mean, what I tell people is like, it's not that I've ha- I've had it. Yeah. I had the damn thing. So yeah, we both have. For me, right? it's yeah. like for me, it's like it's not that I don't believe in it. I believe in it, but I don't believe in humans' ability to get it right the first time around. Right. And I think the vaccine was definitely rushed. Hundred percent. There's no disputing that the testing uh, process and methodology was like totally rushed. By for a good reason, right? To try to get ahead of it uh, in unprecedented time. Yeah. But hey, I'd rather just kind of step back and take a look and see if people start turning into zombies or, you know, <laughs> losing all their hair or turning blue. Right. I don't know what the hell it's <laughs> yeah. going to do. But it's like, for me, I have a little bit of security. Yeah. I've had it. Yeah. So your T cells, they're starting to find out those T cells actually hold on to the memory of how to attack the virus. Yeah. Far longer than they originally thought. Yeah. And I think there's definitely like, they're, like you said, right? Science is figuring it out. And, I feel like and, we're lucky, actually, that we yeah, have it. I think you're right. I think, and I think we're lucky that we had the now that there's a more deadly one, I guess, or more contagious. The Delta one. strain. Yeah, I think yeah. we're lucky that we had the first one. Yeah. Well, uh-huh. they say people who've had it previously, if they were to contract Delta, it wouldn't be as severe. Yeah, I hope or, that's true. Yeah. So, anyways, like I, I, I will say that you know it didn't it didn't really impact my touring or traveling around the country. Yeah. So the you didn't really feel. Anything. We had masks, but we hardly used them. Yeah. We, we didn't even use them in the hotels. Okay. Um, because most hotels were like, if you're vaccinated, you're fine. Nice. Um, and this is like again, this was like three weeks ago now. So, or, and when you hear this, it'll probably be more of like a month and a half. Um, so the Delta wasn't even a thing really yet. It was just starting. Um, so, you know. We did Nebraska. The rodeo was amazing, dude. Kids riding bareback bronc, saddle bronc, um, the doing team team uh, roping, uh, calf roping, ho- like calf tying, cattle. Like it was just, dude. There was so much. The one that got me is called uh, bulldogging. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure some of you know what this is. I have never heard of it. And when I saw it, I was like, this shit is crazy. It's basically a high school kid on a on horseback chasing down a bull, right. like a like a 
not a mature bull, like maybe like a like a mid-sized, like a few hundred pounds, like or under a thousand pounds probably. Okay. And so what his job is to do is he chases the bull down on the horse, jumps off the horse, grabs the bull, bull by, by the, the horns, horns and flips it onto its back. <laughs> he has to literally slide. He's like running in, sliding for this thing. Sorry, I just knocked over the gear. Um, he's running in, sliding for this Happy's thing. Fault this time. Yeah, and <laughs> and he grabs it by the horns and he twists the neck and and brings it down. He forces it to the ground. Can you imagine so a 180, 170 pound kid forcing down a an, a beast that is no less than six times his weight, probably closer to ten times his weight, and wrestling it to the ground and flipping it over? That's the rule. All legs have to be facing the same direction. You have to flip the bull and have his legs facing the same direction. And damn if a lot of them didn't do it. Dude, it that, like, that just brought back a memory of Dodgeball, the movie. Yeah. Of Ben Stiller's character <laughs> right. talking about, like, that's that's me grabbing the bull by the horns. It's a metaphor. It's a metaphor. <laughs> it's like, but, but that's me grabbing the bull by the horns. <laughs> that happened. <laughs> Dude, it was so badass in, so every, in every way. It was so incredibly badass that... Um, yeah, I have mad respect for the kids that do this. <laughs> mad respect for the boys and girls because the girls were also crushing it in pole bending. I think they called it, where they're like doing basically like slalom and uh, barrel chasing. Um, I mean, it was or the barrel racing. Sorry, not chasing right. barrel racing. Like, I mean, it was. I can't say enough. I will be going to another rodeo. Put it that way. I had okay. that much fun. That's cool. I will be going back. Well, like you had the PBR, right? Professional yeah. bull riding. Yeah. Uh, it's like the whole association. They like it's like a full-on professional league. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's very yeah. cool. So the rest of the trip was just driving back, driving through storms, taking pictures, having a, a, a great time. Nice. You know? So, yeah, it was a really good trip. I'm, Where I'm did you get my cider from? Oh, so is that is the a jalapeno cider. Yeah. It was a little bit spicier than I remembered. Yeah, right? Around. You got a little bite, huh? Well, different different batch. <laughs> different batch. Um, it's a place called uh, Cerro. It's spelled S-A-R-O. Uh, they're in Lincoln, Nebraska, okay. and they're a little cider brew. Um, they have a little pub area you can hang out at Sorry. um but they make their own ciders and they have this jalapeno cider that is stupid good it's like so good it's just so weird like, it is weird right but yeah. it's still, it's a, it's yeah. like mine it's, it's like the first time i had jalapeno jelly yeah and i thought that was going to be horrific yeah and i put it on a cracker the, the lady gave me a sample on a cracker with some cheese yeah and 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 this jalapeno like, jelly pleasantly nice and i was like holy shit that's good <laughs> Like in the in the cider was the same way. It sounds like it should like really kind of make you cringe a yeah. little bit when you're bitter when you drink it. But man, it's it, horrible when you burped out. Oh my god, it <laughs> just <laughs> clears out your nasal <laughs> passages and everything. Like you can't escape the jalapeno. <laughs> it's like sucking down some wasabi. <laughs> yeah, that cider's bomb, dude. Yeah. So if you're ever rolling through Lincoln, Nebraska, visit Cerro. Cerro is uh, delicious stuff. That's right. Yeah, they make other ciders too that are really good. Cool. Well, I mean, I know this this episode's a little short because we are going to get into the whole summer camp yeah. thing, but I wanted you to be able to tell your story. Thanks, man. Yeah. And kind of get out because it's a cool trip that you it's do. It's fun. 4,000 yeah. miles ain't nothing to, you know. No, man, that ain't nothing. And the, the irony, it was 4,000 miles, like literally on the dot. <laughs> like I had my trip odometer on the whole time. Yeah. And when we got home, I clicked on it and it was just four zero 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 dot zero. I was like, whoa. Ooh. Yeah. What are the odds? That's a trip. Yeah, super fun. That is a trip and a trip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Dad I'll, joke. I'll be here all night. <laughs> Full of them. Um, so when we, on the next uh, episode uh, where we come back, we're going to be talking all about this new event yeah. called Summer Camp. And it happened three years ago. Today was the second annual one. Yep. Um, by a turn of events, I've taken over ownership and control of this series of events. Yep. 
And uh, it's going to be interesting to see what the future brings. And I can't wait to tell you guys all about it. But I can tell you that everyone has had an amazing time. And they've wanted for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's pretty rad. Yeah, it's been a, it's but, been a great trip. Dude, you, have, you crushed it. And all credit to you. Like, just if you're listening and you know this, this is... Ollie's effort. This is him. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Yeah, we yeah. will talk about it. But dude, mad props just so that you guys tune in and listen to it. It this it, it was it was dope. All right, let's pay the bills. Let's pay the bills. We got some people leaving on need to go say bye. All right. So first up, our good friends at Rebel Off Road, um, always supplying us with service and care for our vehicles and taking care of us. They're also doing armor. In Laguna Hills, in California. Laguna Hills, California. Yep. Now in Texas. That's right. They have the new Texas location. Is it Austin? Um, no. Ooh, you could hear that thunder. Oh, yeah. Right I need to pack up my tent before it starts raining. I don't think um, it's going to rain. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, they're in uh, uh, DFW, the Fort Worth area, Dallas-Fort Worth okay. area. Okay. And um, they've got their new location opening up soon. I want to say next month, September, is the door, the door should, should be open. Uh, so check them That's out rad. if you're in the middle of the country. They're just blowing up. They're blowing up. Dude, their armor so is awesome. They've got front and rear bumpers for <clears throat> yep. the JLs and the, the JTs. Um, they've got the bed rack. Rock now. systems for the gladiators. Yep, yeah. and the Tacoma now. they got one yeah. for Tacoma. It's out. Yeah, they're not just Jeeps. Nope. It's amazing. Yep, they're they're blowing up. So yep. check them out, rebeloffroad.com. Uh, next up, we got uh, DeMello Off-Road. DeMello Off-Road uh, creators of fine bumpers for Toyotas and now Fords. And, and Lexus. And Lexus, yeah. yeah. Um, which is... Essentially a fancy Toyota. It's a fancy Toyota, yeah. Um, Jason DeMello, he is a uh, owner-operator and also a fellow wheeler. Yeah. Uh, likes to get down. Yeah. And he's one of those success stories that, you know, if you go back a, a ways, you'll find an episode that we did at DeMello Off-Road right before we got COVID. Um, <laughs> so I, bl- I blame Jason. Um, but, you know, st- supportive of what we're doing and a, a good all-around guy. Yeah, 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 really good guy. So hit him up. I know he's running deals all the time, so check him out, yep. uh, DemelloOffRoad.com. And then uh, last up, we've got Milestar Tires, uh, our good friends Andrew and Martin, um, who have supported me personally and supported me and Frank by way of the podcast. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they, they make the Patagonias. You, I'm sure you've heard of them. They are probably one of the best all-around tires uh, for either just driving on the road, uh, crawling up your local mountain, and, uh, you know, even romping around in the snow. They... It's just a really good compound, good tread pattern. It's not the king of any one thing, but it's the jack of all trades. Yeah, I would exactly. Like, I would call the Patagonia the jack of all yeah, trades. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Trademark. <laughs> you guys can give me royalties if you want to use that. Um, so don't forget to check us out, uh, rigfordirt.com. Right. We've got some swag, got some patches and some shirts. And then uh, be on the lookout for our meetups and events. Uh, first Saturdays is at Orange County, Patch Correct. Coffee currently. Yeah. Um, so just check, depending on when you hear this episode, it may have changed. I don't yeah, know. but you can check our website yeah. under the events tab. Yep, and Frank is pretty good about updating that. Um, second Sundays of each month will be at Los Angeles with Milestar Tires at the Tire Co. facility in Gardena, California. And then our third Saturdays of yeah. each month will be at Escondido at Off the Grid Surplus, who yeah. have become great partners and friends and supporters of great guys. all the things we're doing. So Great pants. Solid. We're both sporting them right now. Yep. Uh, they're, they're a big supporter of this event. Absolutely. The event. So, yeah. um, we will see more things from them, uh, next year as well for this. Awesome. But, uh, but that's it. So that's it. I'm Ali. I'm Kate, Frank. Oh, Kate sorry. the Jeep. Jump the gun on no, you. No, you're good. Totally you're good. stepped on you right No, there. you know, why not? Because move. it's not like my Jeep's going anywhere. So who cares? <laughs> <sighs> so much more to talk big about. Big story. Uh, I will talk about it as soon as Frank comes back from shooting off machine guns and having a beer <laughs> and throwing axes at yeah. Gunfighter Canyon. Um, but, uh, but yeah, again, 
Huge thanks to Rome for these uh, coolers. It's nice to have somewhere to sit our asses. And uh, more to come, guys. Thanks for listening.